welcome to episode 227 of the F Reality Podcast. Love to say it like snake. Uh, hey there, this is uh, Zim's stunt double, Jim Barnaby. After Zim's untimely passing, they asked me to step in and take the reins. I've never podcasted before, so this is going to be quite the experiment. Uh, he was a good lad and all, but a bit long-winded, and those three-hour podcasts just weren't gelling with the team. Uh, so I'm going to shake and shorten things up today. <laughs> We're aiming for an hour and a half. That's our target. And rifling through Zim's old podcast notes, I suppose we can start with a few talking points. Uh, first up is the newly announced Apple headset, your one-way ticket to hell. Memory loss? Diarrhea? You might have showcase poisoning defined as an overload to the system and too many two to three hour long chunks of your life just gone missing. Speaking of MIA, Brendan Nairib left Oculus and has been lurking in the shadows with his forbidden secret life. And we've got the full scoop. And is AI good for games or bad for business? Cyan Worlds apologizes for taking after Rowdy and being just a bit too smart. Finally, we keep the top secret confidential releases until the end of the show, so Jose can throw up his DJ set list and scratch for us today. Wicka wicka. <laughs> Intro- <laughs> Intro's inbound, all right? This is our F-Reality Fantastic Four. First, this lad belongs in a dystopian feature film. Ripped jacket, blowtorch in hand, flipping his visor up and agreeing to soup up your ride in exchange for a few hundred post-apocalyptic streaming service credit hours. He's a strong lad who's ready for your pitchforks chat, so it's time to take on the next level boss. It's none other than Jose, the VR tech. Yo, 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 what's up, you guys? I, I love, you know, it's really funny. That's exactly, like, I think ever since I saw the Ready Player One or or those kinds of movies, I always wanted to be exactly that, that guy who's like, I could get you the the best weapon to upgrade in the metaverse or in real life. <laughs> you need, uh, I don't know if you guys ever play Watch Dogs, but the, mm. the main character of those games, just just complete like hero type for me. But what's up, you guys? Mm. Um, yeah, not much. I just kind of been really away from video games, away from VR from a, a weird angle, but also very involved with VR, kind of being a nerd, being a tech. Mm. I, I've been... Uh, playing around with my headsets, really thinking about spatial computing a lot ever since the Apple announcement and kind of thinking about the the conversations that people are talking about and kind of using that feedback to like make my life easier to interact with what's currently available, which Mm. uh, got me into like a weird little hackery project with the XR Elite. I could actually show you guys. But I made like a little... Ooh. New present. Ooh, that looks looks tiny. Dude, it's so rad. So holy cow, that is rad. That looks so <laughs> sleek. Okay, hang on, audio listeners. Yes. Um, Jose, can you narrate what is in your hands? Yeah. So if you guys have seen the HTC XR Elite, um, it's a very tiny form factor pancake lenses, all in one headset. Um, it. I feel like the, the the HTC had a really good idea with the actual design, software, and hardware part of it but they accidentally made a mistake by involving ergonomics and maybe comfort consultants too involved into the headset because they went after the glasses form factors, which means they actually made physical hardware bridges. And I understand why they did that. It's a lot to to do with the headphone jack or the actual spatial audio. They really want the, 
the immersion to be as accurate as it could be. So they love the idea of having headphones hovering over your ears, um, which got me to think a lot about the big screen beyond. And one of the reasons that people love huh. about the big screen beyond is the versatility of audio, right? People can use their own headphones and some people like the stereo. Some people prefer like the, I, you know, the, the, uh, the iPod, the, the pros, which had the stereo functionality. So I started realizing like, what if, we do that with only one headset. So I started looking at the XR lead, did some research, saw the iFixit teardown, and I noticed that the audio um, speakers are actually very easy to just navigate around because it's just one thin cable. <clears throat> so I 3D printed a custom bridge, a little cap for it, and I moved the speaker from where it should be up. Huh. Which, you wow. smart lad. <laughs> Yeah. And believe it or not, and this is the, the crazy part, because I've been so excited to talk about this on the podcast. This is cool. I, I really am excited for audio and spatial audio engineers to really start tackling XR, because I really do not notice any difference between the spatial audio speaker over my ear and near, you know, in front of my eyesight. It's, the temple, it's right. near the temple. It's very bizarre. I, I, I can hear sounds behind me also in front of me. I've been playing a lot with like Half-Life Alex, like just shooting behind me. Just it's no, complete no difference. I have another XR lead that I've been comparing and contrasting. And now I'm starting to kind of it has made me think about a lot about audio. And maybe we just maybe have too many people or too many hands in the cookie jar when it comes to headset development conversations about what is comfort um a lot of people were complaining about the facial interface for this device and i realized that the facial interface wasn't even really the problem that people have with this this is it's 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 full it's not <laughs> sorry it's, I was we're, we're seeing you live like this yeah, man what you've created sorry, I, just I, ripping I, that it was something off. i've been thinking a lot about actually and I, I was looking at complaints about these devices and, and people were talking a lot about the facial interface being the biggest problem it's not. Mm. It's really the 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 pressure that the the glasses form factor was causing on the side of your head, and yeah. just people. Yeah, it, it was uncomfortable when I wore it. And I, mm -hmm. I I have to agree with you on that. Like the thing is, out of all the headsets that have come out in the last two years, the kind of steampunk look yeah. for the XR Elite is great. I mean. I want to see you wear this thing. Would you mind reassembling it and yeah. putting it on <laughs> for us? Because. At, and again, One I'm sorry, audio later. listeners, but this is so cool. So, so you moved the speakers up. You yeah. did a 3D print to cover the mount, so it kind of looks pretty, looks the part. Uh, it connects via that dangling USB-C cable. Correct. On the side. So yeah. it's the battery that also allows it to. So the original XR Elite has a cradle. How does it track? I can't remember. Like, it's is optical, it a base station? Yeah. It's no, it's optical, so it has cameras. I don't know if I can. Oh, so it's it's inside out. Yeah, it's inside tracking. Okay. Right, I forgot so about it's, that. I mean, it, it looks great. The best way I could describe it is essentially a, and I hate saying this, they, they, it might upset some people, but it's a big screen beyond that's actually functional, right? So you see a lot of people <laughs> carrying it. And I love what Bradley does, right? Bradley carries the big screen beyond with him quite a bit, but that he also has to have a processing unit with it, right? right. This you can technically yeah. take with you and you don't need anything anyway. else. So my new hyper form factor, which I love the idea of, is just taking like a, portable little keyboard, the XR Elite, and then a battery backup. And now I can pretty much remote into my computer from anywhere I go. Um, the, I have, I have VPN oh, access. Man. It's it's crazy. I it, it's I, I love... I was, you need to do <laughs> a 
uh, with whatever, just use your phone or whatever. But yeah. you need to do like a video of that and stick it on, on YouTube because talk yes. about what you made, yeah. show it, keep it like less than eight minutes. People will eat this thing up yeah. because what I, I completely agree what you've constructed here and you've solved all the problems, the reasons why Beyond is not for me. Um, because you've taken it all in one headset that can just work on the go. Quick question. Yes. What's the, it must run on battery life then. Yes. What's the battery life of that? Or is it completely, is it just because of the tether? It's So this actually does item. have an internal battery. It has about 45 minutes. This okay. plus the battery extension. So USB-C so cable and then on a, a battery, portable battery. I carry that with me. I get about four hours. I have a huge battery bank. So for flights, I just put it in my pocket. It's essentially the, the exact Apple Vision concept that they show them, but I wanted it to make it real for me, like now. Right. It, it's really and, and the exciting part. The, um, what's up? Sorry, I, I found the audio interesting. So I know that spatial audio, um, a lot of that is dependent on the shape of the ear. Mm -hmm. like if, I know that people, for example, who have had major ear surgery that they have in the beginning problems with uh, directing where audio is coming from. As your brain gets used to that, then, you know, the your brain retrains to the new shape of your ear uh, and that allows you to accurately pinpoint where audio is coming from again. But you move the, the audio forward, which means Correct. all the audio is coming from uh, one... Is it one direction as well, or is it it's, like... It's, it's spatial audio, but it's facing essentially, if I were to... It's facing kind of my eyes, where it's, the audio is like blowing at my face, which is very interesting what you said, that your eyes visually kind of adjust based on what you're looking at. And I feel mm. like that's what's happening because you're looking forward in the spatial virtual world. It's almost like your brain is adapting the audio to what you're seeing. It's like a stereo game that that kind of simulates spatial audio a little bit that, that is that is definitely what is happening i, I mm -hmm. just don't know how quickly your brain adjusts the other thing my is, brain is warped with that kind also, of audio, so maybe that has something to do with it so we'll see <laughs> with, with with that kind of audio like the spatial thing usually you have the hrtf the kind of like transform function right that's that's adjusting the audio but that sidebar audio generally speaking, isn't very smart. Like the software inside the headset might be, but it's really just, you know, not even that some of them are directed, some of them are undirected speakers in the headband. And um, I, I wasn't aware when I tried, I only got to try at GDC very quickly, the XR Elite. Now that headset currently retails for about 1100 US dollars. Yes. So um, definitely don't so recommend anybody doing the mod that I did. <laughs> And, and it's, there is yeah. some functionalities and, and there's reasons why I did this. It's 100% the, the shape of the glasses form factor. It does have a cradle with a battery back. It, it's supposed to be comfortable. It does have a top strap. So it's really, it's very ergonomic. The problem with that is it's the size of it for me. I, I love mm. the glasses form factor. And in that form, the actual glasses will turn into like pliers and it would just pressure way too much yeah. on the side yeah, of my head. No. Then I saw a big screen beyond and I saw a picture of a uh, uh, Salius Bradley with his on and I was just like, oh man, that looks so badass. And then I saw the Apple Vision and it just made sense to me. And Great it, combo. Yeah, it truly is. And, and and it's really cool seeing the the also at the same time, a lot of like really smaller form factor processing computers are starting yep. to hit the market. Like um, I'll, I'll show this one too. I hate, I feel like I came to show and tell today, but the <laughs> Asus ROG Ally is um essentially a competitor to the steam deck it is a 
I forgot the CPU uh, chipset, but it's about 50% more powerful than the Steam Deck. And this is actually running on Windows, and that's the reason I wanted to talk about it. So it's a, a full-on Windows capable computer. It is Steam VR native already. This yep. really cool device paired with a mobile RTX 3080. Well, <laughs> Which, okay, bring it in toward the center yes, of your I'm frame so people the frame. can see it. Yeah. So this is a mobile display unit. So it's essentially a graphics card that is portable. Too. So this is an RTX 3080. It has, you know, DisplayPort, <laughs> HDMI, which is the exciting part about this. So this little guy connected to this gives you a portable desktop. So this little guy plus this little guy, and then you bring in this little guy, and now you have a portable, you know, home theater wherever you're at. So a lot of little guys. Yeah, yeah it's pretty cool to so just kind of see the, the technology kind of reaching the the small form portable, factor. Portable, portable. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, the thing is, you're on the road so much like that. That's that's really gotta be awesome to to have that much punch power yeah. with you and feel like next level it looks it looks great honestly just the, the form factor because i used to travel with my oculus go quite a mm -hmm. bit and i loved how compact it was it was easy to fit you'd stick some socks near the lenses or something you shove it in a bag like quest does not travel well quest 2 doesn't travel well like they're both too big um even with the flat head strap the spongy corded what do you want to call it the cloth band on the quest 2 the problem with quest 2 because it's it's designed for six off on a plane or whatever, it still has that drift function, and I've never found it to be a comfortable fit and easy use case. That little thing. Can you flash it to us again, just one last time? Which I want to see. It. XR? Yeah, flash it. Yeah. Did you put yeah. it on your head? I don't yeah, know if I saw. Or... Probably. Yeah, yeah. Go, go for it. So he's gonna he's gonna show us what it looks like and give us the profile on the sides there. We're gonna have yeah. a regular Jose show and tell you... new segment. Yeah, yeah. No, this is great. I mean, the fact that he's be able to. Put that stuff together. One question for you, Jose. Um, in the the thing that I've seen about Beyond and a few other things is is the sideband. So as yes. it goes back, does it clip your ear? Does it like push down into your ear in an uncomfortable way at all? Well, I I actually, funny enough, the the that's the stuff I've been thinking about. This is the seventeenth band I put what iteration of it. So oh, I God. actually went on Amazon and that's the and just purchased a bunch of ski goggles. Right, they they've been doing this for years, so they probably <laughs> have dealt with the same pressure. So I start looking at like large form factor ski goggles and yeah, because the wideband ones are the problem for me. And we'll, we'll get onto this a little bit later. Yeah. But with some of those headsets that are more uh, like swimwear, like that's the concern that I have because in previous headsets that haven't done that right, it cuts into your ear and really cuts down on the uh, the comfort factor in playtime. It, so, it yeah, no, and it's, wow. it's, it's, okay. it's super fun stuff, man. And I. It's I, I've been thinking about I don't know if you guys ever seen the picture that everybody loves to show whenever new technology gets introduced of the guy that's like all of this technology is now in your pocket that shows like a guy with like a giant speaker radio. I want to see somebody take on that image, but actually using modern technology like I just mm. show like an XR lead, a portable keyboard and just kind of create recreate that image instead of adding old technology and, and see what happens. Well, that's going to yeah. dovetail very well. Well, thank you. And that's our first podcast member introduced in the first 15 minutes. <laughs> We're on a tight time budget this episode. So it let's get great. on to number two. Thank you, Jose. I appreciate that. That was like a triple highlight in one. And I, ju I just built an entire it. scene so that uh, Jose could show it off better. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm oh. just going to skip that. <laughs> well, you can. <laughs> did you do it? Huh? I, I did do it. Yeah, I did do it. You can if you want. You want to yeah. just do it one more no, time? No, no, no. It's, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. 
Let's 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 continue. Let's continue. What is happening? All right. All right. Yeah, yeah. This guy's taste tested Canada, and like Scorpion, he said, "Get over here." But then COVID happened, and I came over. But hot damn, I've not even visited him yet. Uh, what kind of podcast made he made am I? Well, seeing as I'm Jim and not Zim, I'm off the hook. Uh, he's a beautiful, beardy Belgian. Uh, but let's see if the siege understands any Irish, eh? How's the farm, Rowdy? How's the farm? Any crack? Any scandal, you gobshite? Oh, we have a lot of crack here in Montreal, for sure. Yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's I've heard one that's thing. a problem. That's one thing that uh, that we've not been like really liking. Uh, my wife is probably thinking, like, what the hell are they talking about? But... Um, <laughs> But yeah, no, I've been, I've been a, I've been a, I'll just continue, uh, make my, screw the wife, right? Um, I've been a very bad boy this week, I have. Uh, I've listened to Adam and I got into Diablo. So I'm now ah, best friends, oh, I'm best friends with Lilith. Uh, she has such a hot voice as well. Oh, I know. Yeah, she, I, I, I noticed that anytime they want to sound someone very cool, very smart or very scary, they give them an English accent. Yep. <laughs> it's yep. every time. It's very smart, yeah, very accurate. cool, or very, or very uh, yeah, angry. And it's like, uh, let's, let's make them English. English. Yeah, so I've been, I've been mostly doing that uh, for the past week, I think. Uh, wow. Been how was it? How was it? Oh, I suck at it. Yeah, I'm really bad at it. Uh, like, uh, I'm playing, because you have like different tiers that you can play on, so... Me and a couple of friends we saw in a world tier two, and the beginning we're like, oh, pff, this is like easy, but like we we can't even finish some side quests at this point, so we're, <laughs> we're pretty bad, I think, in this game. Uh, I mean, we'll, maybe we'll get better as time comes, but uh, I'm having a lot of fun with it though. Uh, but uh, yeah, I haven't I haven't done anything more worthwhile than that. Um, the weather has been a little bit terrible, so it's kind of yeah. it's kind of nice to jump into Diablo then and. Uh, you know, enjoy the scorching fires of hell. Yeah, yeah, we've had we've had some crazy rain here, and uh, yeah, it's been it's been a downpour some days. Um, I went out in it, and it was that kind where your socks and your underwear get wet and all that kind of stuff. But Diablo is one of one of my original loves. Like I when I was really? real choice, real real thing here. When I was uh, when I first met my wife mountaineering uh, with a Nintendo DS on a bus ride kind of thing. The first date was to try to get her Mac and my PC laptop, this shitty old Dell, <laughs> to wirelessly network so we could play Diablo. And that never worked. <laughs> we just met up, you know, and all this kind of stuff. But so I've been a long-term Diablo fan. Uh, bought the third, was very disappointed. Wife and I were like, had all these dreams about loving it and then just went on to Path of Exile for a while. Always um, got a divorce. <laughs> almost got a divorce. Almost got a divorce. All but I've heard, I've heard that Diablo Four feels a bit more like D two, yes. and if it does, then it means that I'll have to shell out another hundred Canadian dollars for the pleasure at some point soon. Uh, so two of our podcast members have been infected so far. I think Jose, you, you, you you're not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> Hold the door. Right. Hold the door. Um, <laughs> Glad to hear you've been bitten, uh, <laughs> Rowdy. Always good to see when some virus spreads from one podcast member to another. Exactly. Uh, <clears throat> enjoy, enjoy the gates of hell. And and speaking of the gates of hell, well, I have no time, no patience for niceties. Ladies, go last this time. Uh, penance, purgatory, and potato chips. What do these three things have in common? Well, I don't know, but I can't get the image of Demon Adam out of my head since last podcast. And I have a slight suspicion it's something to do with a blood pact, the sky falling, and Ozzy Osbourne. 
Um, so I have to ask, what did you do this time, Adam? What in the world did you sign? So I, I did actually, besides playing Diablo, I did manage to tear myself away from Diablo 4 a little bit to go outside, only to go back in VR. <laughs> I, um, it was my brother's birthday yesterday. So what I did was I took nice. my brother, husband, and my mom to the Sandbox VR. It's about half an oh, hour cool. away from us. Oh, and yeah. we tried. They have a new experience. It's called um, Seekers of the Shard Dragonfire. This one's mm. like they're big. um Sellers right now usually have been the zombie ones, Deadwood Mansion or Valley, but they have a new one that's more uh, RPG adventure. So I figured this might be like safer for my mom because I don't <laughs> I know. I was going to say ninja. you took mom along. This is, yeah. <laughs> but How it, was it? Well, it's How also it? their their newest one. So I figured they might have new stuff. And I will say um, it's interesting because they have different classes. So you can be either the hunter, which has a crossbow. Um, there's the knight, which I did, which has a mace and like ice uh, an ice ball thing. And then I forget what the other wow. class is, but they have a sword and fire magic. So um, in this one, you have both a melee weapon, unless you're the hunter and some kind of fire. So you do sort of like a, this motion to, you know, use the magic spell, which was interesting. Cause like something I struggled with, with the other games was like, if the zombies got too close, you know, unless you had the chainsaw, you're kind of just shooting like this. <laughs> <laughs> like trying to aim the gun at yourself in an awkward way. So being able to have some kind of melee was was nice. But they did, I'm not going to spoil too much in case people have, you know, a sandbox nearby mm. and want to try it. But they did some interesting things. You actually have a couple of choices you can make. Uh, like in the middle, you can go this path or this path. And so that'll have a different storyline, I suppose. Um, mm. You can actually collect loot. So you can either your weapon will upgrade <clears throat> mid game or at the very end they'll give you other weapons that you can use for your next playthrough, which is very smart. Um, and then there's one particular part where they do some play space or magic. They kind of split the play space in half, and they give you the illusion that you're whoever's on the other side is is further away than they actually are. Like because they they kind right. of shrink shrink your your play space but move it in. VR. So they did, I will say they made some improvements over um, their last latest one, which I think was Deadwood Valley, um, which I also liked, but um, I'm keen to see more, you know, every time they come up with a new experience, they add some newer stuff to it. So I think it's, it's mm. a good, it's a good plus. It's a good, it has enough new stuff where I feel like, okay, yeah, they've definitely improved on their technology and their experiences. And what's, what's something like that cost like per head? I'm, I'm curious because I used to live out in the middle of a field, basically, and we weren't near any of that stuff. And most most European cities don't don't have it, you know. I think for like four of us, it may have been like seventy five total or something. I forget what it is like per person individually. But I also use like they're pretty good about sending out promo codes and stuff. So you know, throw in a ten yeah. percent or whatever. So similar similar to kind of going to cinema. Then I, I assume I've been to the films recently, but. Um, yeah, it's probably like fifteen dollars or eighteen for a ticket or something now. Yeah, and if you like, it's cheaper if you decide to not make your group private. So, say you know, in a group of four, mm. if there was another random group of two that wanted the same same time slot and there were no other rooms, you know, they could <laughs> join up on you. I've never had an issue where you know random people did join up on us, but if you did want to make it completely private, that costs like an extra. 10 20 or something so it's like eh. kind of like the escape room model then actually that way yeah yeah, yeah. what yeah. i what i think when you were when you're saying it there I, I would think it would be really neat if you could play through and to make it valuable like you were saying that you could um like if you could find treasure like find loot 
but it would reduce the price ticket for the whole group or whatever. Like that would be really neat. A way to encourage players to come back and maybe play different branches of the story because, hey, it was a bit cheaper or whatever. And also for the hardcore vets who really just want to play everything and come back every time. They know that, hey, I can get a discount if I get my group to play through and succeed and they feel victory at the same time. I thought that would be a neat little gameplay thing, but I haven't seen anything like that so far in LBE. Maybe Jose knows of any trickery that's happening. Yeah, I was going to say, I think think Zero Latency does have a gamification where if based on scores, like that's what Adam was talking about. They do a lot to to bring those prices down. They have like promo codes all the time. They they, they have a lot of cool... uh, gamification when it comes to they're probably one of the best right now when it comes to to mm. uh profit per space uh ventures like escape rooms that you mentioned and, and mm-hmm. in fact they're a little bit more uh, and i hate to to, to add on to that but it's true it's uh <coughs> gamification is kind of their thing that's that's the cool thing about what adam's talking about zero latency so zero latency sandbox who are the other big sandbox, names yeah, that people sandbox, are looking sorry, to do yeah. that kind of thing who are the we just mentioned more. the two big two. There used to be those more. Those are the two big ones. <laughs> those are yeah. the two big ones right now. Zero okay. Lacy, Sandbox, Vex. Those are kind of the three big franchises. Vex. Okay, very good. So, uh, Adam, do you think people should track this down? Try to Definitely. drag their lo- loved ones out. Is it safe? <laughs> is it a, uh, a I mean, safe environment? Again, the Secrets of the Shard one was safe for mothers. So, like the zombie <laughs> ones, like, they weren't. They weren't scary scary but like if you have you know regular middle-aged or older mom uh you know it might be a little much but so secrets of the shard mom approved my mom loved it <laughs> excellent very good well there you go here you mo- so mom's cool. old mom's listen to the f reality podcast there you go yeah. grab your kids and 80 percent of our audience vr oh god all right well uh chat go ahead and drop stuff in if there's anything you'd like to say or highlight from what you've been playing over the last couple of weeks and meanwhile last up it's me uh zim haha take off the gym face uh i'm a long long time vr streamer coming up to nine years now in the game and the gray in my beard shows just how many of uh rounds of dread halls that i've played drooling with my tattered soul born live to a jeering global audience so uh, I did actually get a chance to go back to Dread Halls, and it's still fucking scary. Uh, <laughs> very scary, actually. I don't know why. I think it, it realized, you know, like the Wii Fit um, little, <laughs> so scary. the little Wii Fit board that would like call you fat when you came back <laughs> yeah, after 180 you know, days. You remember that? <laughs> yeah, I um, that actually happened to me. I, oh. I, I left it on like for 10 years. I came back, plugged it in, <clears> turned it on, <throat> and it's like, wow. It, it spoke to my wife. It's like Karen. Doesn't Brad look fat? You know, or something like that. I was like, I was like, fuck you, you're going back in the box for another decade. (laughs) But yeah, so, so yeah, it feels a bit like that, but I feel like the game knew and it, and so it just threw like four creatures at me all at once. It had never happened before. It was pretty scary. Um, But that's, that's not my highlight. Um, I'd I'd say my, my highlight was very much about, um, I've been shaking like an absolute mama this week. Uh, It's absolutely brilliant because I am a big tactile fan love things that you know the bump in the night the shake or whatever the beat of the music and so i i managed to kind of suit up my my gaming chair my new cockpit for my rig with a sub pack a butt kicker and then i've had this like for four years i've had a pair of aura bass shakers attached to the back of our couch that we had engineered and stuff but i never had an amp to go with it and in europe because we were planning to move and stuff it was like it wasn't good timing to buy new electronics because we'd have to get rid of everything Finally got an amp for that, drove that, and 
Man, my house doth shake now. I am so happy. Do you like, have feeling in Jurassic... your button back still? <laughs> or are uh, you numb? It, it, it does numb a little bit after some time because it, it pushes heavy. Um, and it's great. I even got like an electricity bill to spike because of it. Oh, I was God. like, yeah, I know I'm driving it. And I did it for like six hours straight. It was great. Um, but like Jurassic Park, you know, the thundering, you know, thunder lizard. Uh, you've got Battlefield, uh, just gunfire explosions everything it's just uh, i'm really really loving it so that's been brilliant and uh to tune the the volume dial down again just to give some props game wise i have to say that the most pleasurable surprise of the fortnight um went to another fisherman's tale so mm. if like me you were like happy enough to pass on the game uh i loved the first game but i was kind of like eh. something about the titling and the art i was like i'll probably just pass it up so i was like i'll i'll try it so i gave it a shot um because i generally like games with more like fight and bite to them than nicey games right um but man being able to pop off your head you can literally like jettison your head uh you can throw your like rocket hands almost because you're this you know old sea captain and this control scheme that they've designed is an incredibly enjoyable experience uh it was just amazing to work with it's got like it feels like the challenging enough but also like fun carnival style arcade controls like controlling your spider hand like the thing when it's away from your body and um having to navigate three-dimensional puzzles when your head is over here, your hands are there, you know, like the, it's crazy. So it's a really new, fresh, fun VR experience. Uh, hashtag not sponsored, by the way, but <laughs> I like I'm a couple hours in with the voiceovers, the quality of the story being really interesting and multi-layered. Um, Vertigo games have nailed it. So another Fisherman's Tale for me is one of Zim's do not miss. Go get it. Try it out. Um, loving it. Absolutely loving it. So. Nice. That's my suggestion of the week. Um, I'm going to leave the newsreel till the end of today's show, seeing as we're a little under time restraint. And if we have to pull the plug, we will. So why not, like the last uh, two podcasts, we're going to jump into the, the A-list news first. Okay, so first main topic. And I think that no doubt some of you, like me, have been guzzling down on the newly splashed episodes of Black Mirror. If you aren't familiar, Black Mirror is a UK television program, a British sci-fi anthology series, which has aired since 2011 and has now got six seasons. Uh, the latest five episodes just released and includes episodes named Jonah's Awful, Locke Henry, Beyond the Sea, Maisie Day, and Demon 79. There are no episode spoilers here, Man, if you like dramatic, political satire, psychological horror, and rom-com sci-fi, all mixed into one big bag, this show is for you. Years ago, I remember Mike uh, suggested this on the podcast, and you know we several of us kind of dove into <laughs> checking out what Black Mirror was all about. I'll say that nothing more, episode. but that first episode oh, is yeah. I it's a porker. Much, but. Yeah, that first episode was kind Dang. of traumatizing for me. Yeah, it was. <laughs> I, I, there I only, were several. I only watched a couple after that, but that one really stuck with me for... Like, I would say that, like, 80% of them are absolutely depressing. Like, you feel <laughs> yeah. bad after watching them. But there's this, like, like 20% of them that are absolutely beautiful. 
Like they're Beautiful. they're like really utopian instead of dystopian, and those ones are uh, are. I much prefer watching those because they make me feel good after I watch and not question my entire existence, uh, which I kind of appreciate on a Sunday evening. It really does like give us a glimpse into really the bleak and disjointed world that this podcast is all about, like the technology that we've got. Um, and as you said, you're, you're, you're kind of searching for happiness in a sea of general uh, feeling unwell, right? And that's that's what this thing is about. So if you don't mind feeling a little bit down and getting a glimpse of a possible future that might be a little effed up, then definitely dip into some Black Mirror. So I, I checked out all the episodes this week. I thought it was it was a pretty good kind of segue. Um, but I'm curious, are, before I move on, I know, Rowdy, you're a fan of some of the episodes. Adam, you've, you've seen some of them. What have you thought so far? What are your thoughts? I need to get back Black into Mirror? it again I, cause I, because I I was using another Netflix account because of the whole Netflix fiasco. I got to now <laughs> like, potentially get my own membership just to watch Black Mirror, which I've been considering. But I don't know if I could binge Black Mirror. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like I need it. Oh. I need like some oh, yeah. space between episodes depending on the episode so i'm still wondering what i'm gonna do there but i, I do want to watch them um because they're yeah. you never know what you're gonna get <laughs> i i like dark stuff but yeah i think i think if you binge watched all of that you'd come out and <laughs> you wouldn't come out <laughs> yeah you might you might not make it out the other end it's a, it definitely takes the darkened soul uh but it's well worth doing what about you jose have you watched black mirror before never uh it's in the first episode and I, I, I'm oh, really gosh. bad. I'm really bad with sci-fi shows because that's I. That's literally my brain all the time. So like I have this problem that when I watch like the first few minutes of a show that deals with like psychological horror, I almost figure it out almost immediately, and I just ruin it for myself. So I just literally you just mentioned all those titles, and I kind of can figure out what they're all about. So it's like ah, so it's it, it's kind of. But yeah, no, I, I know a lot about it. Yeah, good, good, good. Um, so in in a past episode, the reason I'm bringing this up now, uh, one of the first actually at the end of season one uh, was the entire history of you. Um, in that show, there's a memory capture device called a grain that essentially uh, fits in there behind your ears, installed very much like a neural link, like what Musk is kind of going after. But this thing can replay moments of your life. Horrible and so idea. you get to retrace memories and replay them. You can even broadcast them for other people, right? And let's just say this takes a very human turn uh, and <laughs> where those memories then become a big problem. Um, and again, I won't I won't spoil it for anybody who's real keen on on watching for the first time. Uh, but it is a stark reminder of how elements of what we record maybe should be forgotten. You know, I think of p painful moments. Uh, I think of live birth, <laughs> scary moments. You know, if someone goes through oh, a shooting well, the, or something like that. The thing is, our brain is such a horrible recording device, you know, like... The way that yeah. we imagine our memories is completely different from what actually happened. Yep. True. Uh, yeah. And and yeah, I don't. I, yeah, technologies like that they absolutely frighten me. Same. Same. <laughs> uh, yeah, and and that's where I'm thinking. Like, um, there's 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 the design, uh, like, for a reason, right? We we we've gotten this far as human beings for a reason, and you know, you're able to kind of scab over a scar or whatever kind of re rewriting over like an old VHS tape for those of you who know what that is. And, um, and with that, let me share the Apple vision pro, <laughs> 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 which was just announced at Apple's WWDC on June 5th. So Charlie Brooker, the uh, director writer um, of black mirrors forecast 
is actually coming out in 2024 for $3,499. Of course, that's not all this device can do, uh, capturing memories in a kind of a spatial way for playback. Um, and we'll quickly go over the basics, but at this point, more than 10 days after the unveiling of Apple's new spatial computing device, with more than 50 million views, and most of you have probably already seen it, I'm going to keep this part light. Um, I'll say that the showcase itself, the keynote uh, for WWDC, had this awesome bubble intro that was epic. Uh, to summarize it, I'd say dream it, chase it, code it. Go watch that piece. It only, only lasts about five minutes. Tim Cook took to the stage, visibly giddy, uh, with the excitement of the new product to announce in a way that was quite... When I say childish, um, I mean that in a positive way. You could see it come through his face in a way that I haven't seen him for other product announcements. Um, and the new AR VR headset was nested deep into this like two hour showcase from Apple um, after speaking about a new Mac Air 72 CPU processor they've got called the M2 Max. I can't believe we're at that level now. AirPods with conversational awareness that essentially duck for active conversations when someone walks up to you. And hey, we've now we've now seen the hardware. It's a real thing. It's actually here. Um, before I talk about the hardware, what were your impressions, everybody? What did you think about this thing? The showcase, how it looks, how it operates? Let me know. Oh, man. Um, I don't want to say too much because I don't want to. Uh, but I, I, I cried. <laughs> I, I think I, I think that's the best way I can explain it is I cried for hours. <laughs> it felt validating. It felt really cool to see apple as we talked about in the previous podcast a company that knows hardware really understand how to communicate this device they really mm. positioned a mixed reality headset and its own ecosystem i think that's really mm. what stood out to me the most everything else as you mentioned we, we can talk about for hours but that's really what is on my head is i like the point about positioning mm -hmm. and i'll uh I'm going to call out my dad in a moment and read out a, a, a text of his <laughs> after you said that. So go on. Adam, uh, Rowdy, what are, you, what are your thoughts on the new device? Uh, at least for me, this is almost like the like bigger than when Quest hit because I'm getting messages and emails and texts from family members that are like, hey, have you heard mm. of this thing? You you do the VR stuff. This is probably relevant <laughs> to your interests. And, uh, and so that was strangely kind of like Jose said, it was validating to see something even yeah. made even more public and sort of relatable to people that aren't necessarily, you know, gamers or hardcore mm -hmm. VR enthusiasts like we are. Um, I, I, I'm very glad that the headset doesn't look like those really bad renders that we've seen with like the blue <laughs> strap and they were, so this, this, I, in my opinion, this is a really beautiful looking headset, like, and it looks nice and I love the head strap and I know some mm. people have differing opinions about the, you know, the eyes part, but I think it's a beautiful head. I'm so relieved. It doesn't look like the concept art renders that people made up um, really quickly. I don't think this will be something that I'll buy though. Unfortunately, I'm not <laughs> an Apple person. I don't have like close to four grand lying around. Um, I, Personally, I don't use it much for productivity. This headset probably would get me to try. But again, because I don't have Apple products, I feel like it would just I'd have to start buying like several thousand dollars of Apple products to get it to to get the most value out of it. So do I think it's a cool headset? Yes. Do I have high hopes for it? Yes. Will I be getting it, though? Probably not. <laughs> yeah. I'm ready. Um, I mean, I've, I've never been 
too much on the board with with Apple. But if there's one thing I think that Apple does really well, it is not just their devices, you know, which are very sleek, but it's the integration of all those devices with everything else that is in their ecosystem. And even I'm, I mean, I was more excited about finally seeing a MacBook Air 15 inch because that's something that I've personally <laughs> been looking out for. It's like a, a, a work laptop, you know, a workstation that I can easily bring. And I think that that one really hits the mark. Will I get it? I don't know yet because again, once you get involved into that ecosystem, yep. You're, you know, you're, you're going to get an iPhone, you're going to get an iPad, you're going to get Apple TV, you know, soon you have a fridge that speaks Siri, you know, like, I, I mean, it's, it's so hard to get out of that ecosystem. That's the only thing that in a way is keeping me back. But I also know how nice it is to be in that ecosystem. And that made me realize I just need to find a higher paying job so I can afford all these products. Um, the headset itself, um, I mean, I, honestly, I wasn't surprised about the price. I know a lot of like has been going on. Like, are they crazy announcing like a $3,500 headset? And I honestly, I'm not surprised about that at all. Like considering the price of, for example, the Vive and then adding, you know, the Apple tax onto that. It's not that surprising to see, you know, like a $3,500 headset. Is it a lot of money? Uh, yes, but that's also the price that you kind of pay for being on the you know, the, the bleeding edge of technology, which I think this device is. It's doing things that um, all seem possible already today um, and that we have kind of seen in different kind of devices. But again, it's that Apple ecosystem of everything blending very well together. Uh, and it's kind of what we expected in a way, right? That's, they're they're going to showcase something fairly minimal, I would say, but something that works out of the box. No hassle. It's just going to be... You know, like uh, you put on the device and everything that is advertised will do it very, very well. Because again, everything is in that ecosystem. They have control over every aspect, the software, the hardware, all the other devices that it connects to. And that makes it a really smooth kind of experience. And maybe that is indeed the kind of push that this kind of technology needs is that you have something, you don't need to fiddle with like, you know, different kind of programs and installs and this and that. Kind of like what the Quest did for VR in a way as well as that standalone kind of headset, no driver installment, not none of that kind of stuff. Uh, but now in an ecosystem that is the Apple ecosystem. So I think that's a very, very smart decision. Of course, I don't think this is a gaming device. I know they, they brought Hideo Kojima on the showcase, introducing Metal. <laughs> Uh, which, yeah. which is a surprise because I, I think it's surprising to see Apple more investing into the gaming market. Um, but again, like they, they want to be the device for everyone, right? And a lot of complaints yeah. have been people like that are more gamers that want to get more into this. Um, ultimately, I found that the showcase was very well produced. Um, if I compare it to the meta showcase, this was a refreshment, I think. It wasn't, it was in some ways, it was cringy, but with intent. Uh, rather than like with the Meta Showcase, I had a lot of things that were cringy, but they weren't intended on being that cringy. Um, so yeah, I, I, I feel like the entire showcase was was very nicely done, very fresh. Um, yeah, it looked great. I think everything looked very nice cool. and I'm very happy to see some welcome competition. Will I get this headset? Probably not. Uh, but again, um, you know, time will tell. You know, I never thought I would get an iPhone either. And now that I'm yeah. looking at like a MacBook Air, I'm like, hmm, maybe maybe I should reconsider my my options here. But yeah, it's it's not going to be cheap. I mean, that's that's just how it is. That's that's been like that for years. But you, that's the the Apple tax that you pay on these kind of products. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, it's great. So it seems like thumbs up all round, you know, tears in the eyes. We've got uh, <laughs> yeah. Rowdy you're considering moving away from Android and Adam considering a mortgage at some point in the future <laughs> to help to afford this thing. But um, yeah, I, 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 I really did. I mean, my impression of it just just very quickly is it's a it's a very gorgeously engineered device. Um, it doesn't it was surprising that when I first saw it appear on screen, I was like, that is not how I expected it to look. I expected it to be a bit, uh, how can I, uh, I I'm going to use a, not, not, not the, not the nicest, uh, adjective perhaps, but what we got is a bit more on the chunky side than I was expecting. It's not as sexy or slimline than I was expecting from an Apple design. And I think that's some of the internal push pull that we probably heard. However, that said to me, it looks like the original iPhone that's been kind of stretched out and wrapped around your face. And so with that, it does stand within Apple's design parameters. It looks like an Apple device. It also stands out like Adam. The fabric rear head strap is eye-catching. The fact that you can change it out like an Apple Watch strap and you get different types and it's a really smart little dial system that's not right at the rear, but it's on the side. Um, all of the All of the engineering components to this that you can see all the way down to the dual chip design, which I'll talk about in a minute, just like the engineering decisions that led to this were so numerous and I think so well thought out, whatever forums um, that Apple has internally to make decisions obviously worked to reach this endpoint. And I think jumping in now, it's really interesting to see the effect of what it's done. Um, like Adam, my family reached out to me, talked about this device. My, my dad, for instance, was uh, smitten with the the, the finger touch snap. And he's like, I, I never liked the meta controllers, you know, and look what Apple's got. And I had to kind of come to some extent to uh, meta's side and defend them a little bit because I was like, well, honestly, Mark and, and, and team, they're, they're going to be fucking frustrated now. I mean, because they've been doing the hand stuff for like three years now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I remember sitting in the audience when they unveiled that. And, um, so a, a bit on that in a minute. So the hardware side, I just want to come back to, there's approximations. We don't have a specific RAM weight yet, but people are saying it's going to be four to 500 grams. So it's not a lightweight headset. It's quite large. This is obviously their first device. And you can expect that from this point, right? Apple's going to reduce the weight by 25% and that'll be their next device or whatever in a couple of years. So I'm not worried about that. We're starting where we're starting, but to have essentially a facial what I'm calling a facial computing device. I know they call it a spatial computing device. Um, you know, out there now by Apple, it is such a behemoth to kind of join the fray. And that is going to be such a positive pressure system, a positive competition between them and Meta and even Sony. And now we've got like this great big triangle that's going to help us get to better prices, better battery life, better content, more investment. It just really helps to have them shore up kind of the world's push towards Ford for VR and AR. Um, And I know they didn't push much into VR, um, even though the headset is VR capable. So it's interesting to see that, but they have to differentiate themselves from the pack and say, we want you to be in your environment. Um, One of the biggest kind of interesting things about that, so aside from allowing you to disappear from the clutter of your virtual noise environment, when you want to say F reality, uh, you've got that little reality crown that was that was uh, I would say leaked. You know, we we talked about that. That the way that they that that works looks really sleek. I hope it feels that way, that good in the headset. And so far, people have said, you know, there's 
There's no discernible screen door effect at all. It's all it's all gone with those high high res panels and that it's the best panel that anyone's seen, like market leadership, you know, side. You talked about the integration, the sync with iPhone, iPad, Mac, all of that. The fact that they thought through the how am I going to see someone in the headset, like yeah. scanning your face for yeah. FaceTime calls. So smart. Because um, I was wondering that the entire time so they were smart. showing it, I was like, how are they going to show? Like, it's all cool. Yeah. You can see them. But what are they going to see? Like some dude like with a headset on, like <laughs> looking around, like walking out of you. Like, so yeah, very, very, yeah. Like, Another again, one of those engineering points, right? That just yeah. like it stands out where you I, just go, they thought about it, mm-hmm. they engineered a solution. Exactly. They said it wasn't and, good enough. They went again and they yeah. iterated until they got to this point. Yeah. And is and is it the best solution? Probably not. Because I can see multiple iterations right. like, you know, going this, but it will be a working solution. It will some it will be something that will be working out of the box. And about the controls as well, like you said, like Apple has been known with their devices yep. to just clear cuts, things that we consider standard. I'm thinking about the, the first time that they removed the CD drive, when they started getting rid of USB ports, you know, the... The, the, the click the, wheel on the iPod, for yeah, exactly. example. Like Using the, your fingers as instead of a stylus. Yes. They keep cutting through the noise, and yeah. it has been a phenomenal, phenomenal series of technological advances, right? And the, and the cool thing about this is that it's not Jobs driving it. Mm. Apple still got it, yeah. right? And so like Jose... Maybe I didn't get to the tear in the eye, but I certainly <laughs> fist bumped the air. You know, yeah. I was like, yeah, man, you guys got it, right? You still have have the push. And like what Rowdy, what you're saying, this is a foundational device, yeah. right? It's not the perfect solution, but it sets the groundwork for what's coming. Because when they can evolve and they can, you know, Adam can scan her face in and it'll get that model and then it'll perfect that model to the point where we can't discern that if it's, if she's actually on the podcast or not or whatever, you know, she's yes. sitting virtually aside from us. That's that's what we cleared Uncanny Valley. And honestly, with this tech, I can see us getting there very quickly. Just a couple of iterations and we're there. Yeah. And, you know? and I Same wanted like, to like, add... No, go ahead. No, I was just saying like, that. This, like there's so many big companies that are working on that specifically. Like NVIDIA is doing the same, like, you know, with their... There are solutions for like, you know, tracking the eyes and like repositioning it so that you're always facing the camera. Like like those kind of technologies, you're going to see those integrated in these kind of devices and webcams. And like, you know, it's going to be, yeah, it's an exciting time. Yeah. And I wanted oh, to man. add real quick to it. And also we're going to start seeing the division of hardware, right? Because a lot of people are trying to pivot or, or kind of like position this hardware device because they say, oh, it, it can do VR. So it's technically a VR headset. No, this is actually a computer where its user interface is spatial. It's a completely different device. If It's like comparing a feature phone back in the day with a smartphone, where a feature phone can access Twitter and, and some other applications, where uh, or a smartphone can actually right. download the app and, and so forth. The It goes down, and I'm really glad that Rowdy mentioned this. They announced the 15-inch MacBook. They also didn't announce the 13-inch MacBook Air. They discontinued it. So they actually paired... They they be, they subconsciously made you place the 13-inch MacBook Air with the Apple headset because they are going to be fitting the same exact place, which is a portable power computer that you can access whatever you is. That's the MacBook Air 13-inch. It's a portable computer. Huh. Um, another thing is that it uses the same... Interesting strategic change. 100%. Yeah. It's an M2 CPU, um, which is what yeah. I wanted to add and, and highlight in this conversation for people who really love this industry and these headsets. Right now, current headsets like the XR Elite, the Quest 2, the Quest Pro um, are running on Android. When you think of the Android operating system, think of a mobile device. Think about what a mobile device 
is to you and what inspired that operating system. It means there was one screen running one headset, uh, or sorry, one operating or one application at a time, which means they're really good and optimized for gaming, right? Because you don't tend to mm. multitask with a game. You're running a game, you're concentrating on it. Same thing with a movie. So the Quest platform does really well for gaming, which is what the Apple new headset just introduced, where people are going to love the idea of having all their com applications running at the same time, like a computer, like Windows. That's called multitasking. There's no CPU in the market right now on a mobile yeah. environment, except what just got introduced, the M2, that is essentially a laptop operating system, which can allow you, that's natively designed for a computer. That's what they're introducing. So now you're going to start seeing the real competition is maybe Intel or AMD, people that do CPUs for computers saying, hey, right. this is our mobile CPU that can also run on a computer and maybe a Surface, like Microsoft has their Surface line, maybe a Surface headset will be in the works. It, that's really what Apple introduced. They really did create right. their own ecosystem. Well, vi mm -hmm. with Vision OS, so Vision OS is the name, not Reality OS or XROS as, as was you know leaked in advance or, or, or we used that. Um, it's... And this is one of the, the, the problems you have with Windows-based PC VR is that it's not an operating system that's designed for spatial, which, again, is a is a major milestone. But like you said, uh, Jose, people don't give that part the weight because it's not the kind of it's sexy the, thing. Exactly. But how do you do the how do you do the future? That's, again, another one of those bricks in the wall that they've just set up. The other thing that I thought from a chip design perspective, which was very smart coming as a streamer who uses a two-PC setup. They've got the M2 chip driving the actual applications, the compute side, and the R1 chip, a new real-time sensor processor to, at low latency, handle all the inputs from 12 cameras and six mics. When I heard six mics, I was like, yes, they're <laughs> going for audio fidelity. Thank you. Um, the 12 cameras seems reasonable, um, I would say in contrast to the maybe over the top 16 cameras in the Quest Pro um, and the IR LEDs and the optic ID pattern that allows you to put the thing on and instantly unlock into your desktop environment is really smart. And at the other side, absolutely terrifying. me. <laughs> I'll tell you why. I took a job once, uh, although it didn't pan out, I took a job in South Africa. And one of the cautions about that uh, project management job was you got to watch out your, for your safety in like places like Joburg because people are known to chop a hand off so that the thumbprint or fingerprint identification, which you have at a bank for big transfers, can be mocked and mimicked. And I think about Minority Report and people stealing eyeballs. Oh, and I went looking in the news and I was like, this isn't even this is already a real thing. People already have stolen eyeballs for this kind of thing before. And look, I'm not trying to put my tinfoil hat on here, but I'm saying there will be a news report at some point in the future where someone who is in a position of power, right, or influence has their headset uh, stolen, their eyeballs stolen, and someone puts the two together to take over their account or whatever. And that's just very minority report. It's a scary future. But this is the start of that road, <laughs> I, and it's a bit like. I think that's. Yeah. I think. I think that's a little bit extreme, just to 
play Beat Saber, you know? Like, if you spent so much money on Beat Saber, man, your cosmetics. Fuck. <laughs> All DLCs. those DLC, dude. Yeah. I want to play the, Queen. Yeah, I wanted it. to add something real quick, and I, and I, and I don't, don't, I really hate that I, I'm extending the podcast, but um, one of the things that I, I really have spoken to people in depth about um, are some people that were involved with this headset. And funny enough, the the scenario of somebody stealing your eyes is something that Apple has actually thought about. Their their actual device, the reason it's so bulky is because it's beyond the camera sensors that are showing your eyes. They actually have a lot of, and that's they're not gonna talk about this stuff until they get closer, but there's a lot of yeah. physical receptors, a lot of gyroscope receptors. There's a lot of backend wizardry that's being recorded out, alongside of your eyes we're talking about the way that your eyes cognitively are opening and looking around. It sounds very black mirror and scary, but that's the future of security is that's it's going to be not, it's not just going to be your your actual retina, it's going to be the 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 the, the, uh, the lineation of your cornea with your retina, right? Everybody has but, a, we're talking about x-ray vision inside your eye. It's crazy hyper the problem is write that down so we would need entire hats <laughs> entire <laughs> hats more than likely weight um there's going to be a lot of weird um intricacies because these headsets are going to be recording all of this at the same time because that's kind of their goal it's the future so of jose that makes me feel only 10 percent better yeah. i'll tell you why <laughs> apple do that they do smart things with their devices for login and entry but what also happens is the Asian equivalent knockoff headset, which doesn't have that engineering, doesn't have that built into it, the right? Securities. And then there's hundreds of thousands of those devices around. And so, well, I really appreciate Apple thinking ahead and hopefully again, building that platform for others to flock towards to help mitigate this problem. That problem isn't going to go away no, if, it's, that's, it's... if that's an entry capability. Keys to the house, I need to take your keys. So look, again, I, I'm just saying it because it occurred to me, but... Thing I wanted to say is, in terms of feedback on the headset and its design, I thought it was quite cool. The the pass through your eyes thing, a bit weird, right? I like I, I heard on some <laughs> comedy podcast, it's like I'd slap a person if they didn't take that off off their face when they were talking to me. I feel a bit that way. <laughs> um, I'm old school like that. Like sh like if someone doesn't take their their sunglasses off when they're talking to me, it's like, come on, dude, you know, look at me with your eyeballs. Uh, look at me with those tasty eyeballs. So um, and them. then <laughs> I think. I think I did this thing with Oculus Go back in the day when we were streaming it. And I, I, I think it would be smart if they allow you to, if, if the screen permits, for you to broadcast whatever you've got going on inside the headset outside. <laughs> no. So that it's not just a nebulous blob oh, or blur God. that's showing, oh, but it actually just shows what you're seeing. So, now that, yeah. that, so wrong. that brings they some very interesting they scenarios, they don't of want course. This to be looked at as a screen. They, they, they don't, they don't, they actually are positioned themselves away from a screen. And the reason they're doing that is because they want this. This is an augmented reality first headset. They eventually want all these technology to become smaller into the form of, of sunglasses. So all the technology yeah. that you're seeing right now, like you see in the eyes, they eventually expect this to just be glasses. And yeah. the, the, so that's the, the iteration that I'm waiting for, for yeah. sure. Like I, yeah. now it's still like, you know, this is first iteration. I'm going to wait. A hundred percent. Up until like it like slims down a little bit. And, uh, you know, the, the, the applications of it increase. Uh, yeah. I think, really, I mean, I'm very excited about it though. What I wanted to add to what Zim was saying is that if you really want to get scary, uh, you know, scared about this new technology, the real scary part is that oh, nobody's, nobody's talking about how Apple just introduced the first 
outside of a human security standard because that's what the eyesight is it's the uh, the the retinal all of these apis are essentially you're looking at a virtual replication of security right which means you are unlocking something and that is sending an api to like whatever bank account you're unlocking these is the same the equivalent of the the, the the thumbprint right the thumbprint create a digital code that they have you, and that means that we're going to have a security key that's being created with our eyesight in our cognitive i guess applications at the well, same that time back for me a second jose yeah. so um what are you saying that that is a world first so the fact that they're using a replication they're not you're seeing a virtual recreation of your eyes that's not really you seeing being seen through it it's actual reprojection so you're being recorded and being seen. So that's a digital replica of what is inside the headset. It's not even you. And that's the interesting part is that they're actually telling, they're creating a conversation that say, hey, this virtual replica is you. So those security standards that are being attached to the eyesight mm -hmm. with that replica is now going to be sold to, you know, virtual meeting companies that will allow you to have this virtual replica with be used token. in court yeah. or, you know, and, and if you're, yeah, and when this gets paired with AI, it's another big, it's another, it's another big piece of the puzzle that's the that realest um, <laughs> it's, people aren't getting. Yeah. Okay, I got you We've now. We've just so been thanks. digitized through security. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, yeah, definitely another step past uh, past all the biometric yeah. um, stuff that we've had for the last ten years or so. So just to touch on another couple things, and just to say we've hit the gong of the first hour, they're gone. So we need to be careful about time, guys. Um, gaming was touched on. They talked about 100 arcade titles. They spoke about Disney Plus. We spoke a little bit about that in the last podcast, so I won't go deep on it. Interesting to see which direction that goes. One thing I would say, though, uh, shortly after Apple's unveiling, there was a really interesting interview uh, between Mark Zuckerberg and Lex Friedman. Um, and I could see in his eyes how annoyed Mark was about the hand tracking piece being, you know, touted as Apple's invention to some extent. Um, like, you know, you can see in his eyes, like, guys, we've been here for so many years. Um, and the price is so, so much less. The one thing I, I do think uh, is that the direct knock-on effect for a device that is so much cheaper, particularly with the price of a Quest 2 dropping to $300 US, um, you, you've got a lot of those features available for a much smaller price, like one-sixth or seventh of the cost. And then they've got Quest 3 coming as well. But I've got to say that in contrast to the Quest 3, the the Apple Vision Pro is not an eyesore for me. I also think that Apple Vision, as uh, just a pair of words to be said, is very nice, rolls off the tongue well. I'm glad they picked that name. It, just like Apple Watch, it's just a nice, simple thing to say. Easy thing to find when you're looking for it. People start calling it AVP. That one kind of ticks me off a little bit. It's like, I already, I already know what an AVP is. But I wanted just to talk a second about what has existed prior to the prior to the AVP, the uh, Vision Pro, um, and and show a little thing from a little clip from Sword Art Online done by Awakened Post, uh, showing an interface and mixed reality experience outdoors. We've seen a couple of these. We saw kind of an exciting one in um, I can't remember the name now. The the mixed um, it was a mixed reality kind of FPS experience. I, I forget the the full name of it, where the guy was off on a on a trail bike or a motorcycle, kind of zipping around his house with a Quest Pro on, you know, shooting rockets at uh, at Apaches and stuff. So someone's 
brought Sword Art Online into a Quest Pro headset and just shows a little bit about what that mixed reality experience is like right now, status quo, prior to us getting, you know, the next big device from Apple. Um, also, that headset doesn't auto-detonate like Palmer Lucky's uh, Sword Art <laughs> Online headset, so that's a plus. But with that, I want to say one thing. Um, Mark, you need to tidy up your shop. I mean, Carmack said it first. Go clean up your bloody base code because Quest, since Quest 1, Quest 2, it's become a bit of a bloody mess. It's very clear spring cleaning is in order. The software side is not stable. You need to ready your foundation for this, or otherwise you're not going to win the race in the long term. Well, your Jenga system. tower will topple and people will go to the headset that feels right to use and all that, even at a premium. So I, I think it's important that uh, we just listen to Carmack in that space and that Meta does do that, invests serious time and resource in tidying up their software stack. If they do it, I think they can win this tenfold and Apple will be more the premium uh, supplier for devices. The other thing that I thought was really interesting, so much happened in this last two weeks, just squeezing it all into one podcast. MKBHD um, noted how closely Ready Player One and Apple were with their trailer, their unveiling of the device. Oh, yeah. um, and he actually also appeared on an episode of Hot Ones recently and mentioned how much he loved the PSVR 2. That's MKBHD commenting on his current favorite VR tech. Um, so again, another good thumbs up there to Sony. That's a great episode to watch. So go go check him out. Um, but then we had a juggernaut, I'll call him a, a juggernaut comedy edit by Casey Neistat, um, a mashup between RPO, Ready Player One and Apple's showcase. And oh my God, I loved that edit. It was so well done. Like a return to a return to force for Casey. Yes. He's done a lot of his vlog stuff for years, right? But Rowdy, I think you're a big fan of nice yes. that stuff too, yeah. right? Yeah, so, for sure. How, how, did, how did you find that? His, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's typical nice that, you know, even though he's like, he's a big Apple user, you know, he allows the simplicity and he gets Apple products really well, but he doesn't mind like, you know, calling them out on certain things. Uh, he does it with all of his reviews. So, and he did it here brilliantly as well. And like, you know, like the, the kind of future that Apple imagines and the kind of future that will actually play out knowing how humans are is a, is a very nice kind of like combination of the two. Uh, so yeah, I, th I thought that was really well done. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And it's nice to see him come back with that. He's still got bite, you know? I yeah. like that, especially at a time when, um, Apple was striking anyone who used any components of their trailer in their own segments, part of the live showcase or whatever. He didn't get taken down. It's still up there. Yeah. Um, and I think it means it's going to last now because it was if it's not taken down in like 72 hours, it's going to stay, um, which is which is nice to see. The other thing I would just say is uh, between Tim Cook and Steve Jobs, right, the previous CEO for Apple, um, there's, there is an inherent difference, you know, um, I went back and I looked at the product launches for iPhone and iPod and all this kind of stuff. Um, and it was really interesting. Like Steve would almost stone-faced say about the, about the device that they were launching, like a, a very clear, clean, simplistic problem statement. And then he would solve it in this simplification. Like Rowdy was saying, Apple would just kind of cut through all the problems with a simple solution. Like, again, he talked about using, you know, he's like, oh, we're going to use a stylus. He makes a joke. And then he says, oh, no, we're not going to use a stylus. We're going to use your finger, you know, so, stuff like that. And so that's why I think this foundation is really going to help us sail forward. Um, now, that said, 
some people are doubting, uh, right? Apple's vision here. Uh, people like Wired. They think um, that Apple vision is doomed. They think it's, you know, like, what, what are you doing, Apple? Did you fall off the truck and hit your head? So not everyone's knee deep into this tech as, as we are. Obviously, the four of us are years into this stuff. Uh, no need convincing this crowd. You're preaching to the choir here. Um, but like the others, I'm not planning on buying one. It's very expensive. It's more than 5,000 Canadian dollars when taxes come in, which is crazy. I could buy a car for that comfortably. <laughs> and um, I guess I'll just, I'll, I'll leave on this note, unless uh, any of you guys have anything else to say. I'll say one thing to tie it back to Black Mirror for a second. I could just foresee that Mark and Tim are going to go sparring in Striking Vipers X to work out their differences. <laughs> uh, for, those who, for those who've seen the wonderful, probably my favorite episode of Black Mirror. Uh, where you've uh, you've got two friends who end up uh, getting a little friendly in a uh, future Street Fighter in VR. Yeah, I, I, I'll just say one thing. Like, I, I don't per se think that this device is going to be a success, but if there's one company that is able to create a need where there isn't one currently, uh, then I think it's Apple. So, you know, I, I do have high hopes for this device. Uh, will it be a success now? I don't think so. I think this will be catered to a very niche audience. They're probably also not producing too many of them. I don't think this is going to be like like they did originally with the iPhone or with the MacBook or like I don't I don't see it like that. Um, mm. But I do see this as like a, an initial step into a new kind of technology, um, and I see that uh, yeah a bright future ahead for that uh, yeah. for that kind of uh, development. For sure. I I actually would say I I, I I agree with you until you said it wasn't going to be as important. I think this is going to be one of the most important spatial computers, if not going to be considered the no, first. No, don't one. get me wrong. I mean, in like company shares, like the, the, the yeah, size of like the development sell. part, it's mm. not going to be compared to like, you know, what they do for iPhone, the team me, that will be working on this. Let me tell you what got announced by Apple stealthily alongside the headset. Do you know what Proton is for the Steam Deck that allows you to emulate? So Apple just announced their own version of Proton. It is a yeah. on-the-fly hardware native on the CPU on the M2. It will pretty much on the fly convert operating systems like the iOS platform, potentially maybe Android or Windows and even the Apple system. So we're going to start seeing like porting being done very easily. I think this is going to be a very, very, very important headset in terms of software. A lot of problems are going to be raised. A lot of them are going to be solved with this headset. And I think that's what this is going to be. It's going to be a very historical problem maker and solutions maker at the same time and that's where it's going to be placed in history i don't think it's going to sell well but we're going to i i've already seen some tech demos that i really can't talk about that are scary in a very cool way and people are starting to figure stuff out that yeah i i, I got a question in case any of you know it um how does how do devs who are maybe student devs or someone who's starting off right and who doesn't have three thousand five hundred dollars to splash how do they get in is there a, an equivalent of an oculus start yes. program where they can get hardware and kind of kind of get started so apple, apple apple has their developer outreach programs you can actually go to this developer.apple.com they already have their spatial university 
There's actually a really cool video that I'm going to uh, link on Twitter on our podcast episode that I think everybody should watch. And it's their introduction introduction to spatial computing by Apple. And they talk about their philosophy, mm. their views of how the world. It sounds a lot like the stuff I've been talking like for, for end of the episodes here about devices talking to each other. And you can kind of get ideas of where they're envisioning stuff. Um, that's really, I, I really think this is a very historical headset. And it's going to probably be one that we're going to be talking for for many 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 years to come okay i agree with cool. that yeah right and um moving swiftly on next topic here we've got is ubisoft next in the upload vr showcases um as i said I, at this point i absolutely have showcase sickness i don't know <laughs> that i've ever in my life experienced this before but we're like 10 12 showcases in i've watched almost all of them at full length and it's like wow that was a lot of time of my life gone enjoyable but i have to say having come out of them a lot of them are like it's like a lot went in and a lot came out and there's not a lot of things that stuck right so i'm just going to give you the stuff that stuck uh you guys share what you think uh stuck and whatever we can flash a couple of trailers and just go from there first up assassin's creed nexus vr it was teased at uh, Meta's event a little bit earlier, and then we got a CGI trailer. Um, we yeah. do have a couple of screenshots that look kind of spiffy. Um, I'm not sure how they're going to handle the Assassin's Creed movement yet. I still want them to go, you know, balls of the wall with this thing and just give us the full flavor movement. Hardcore. Like, I don't care if a couple weak sauce creatures out there get sim sickness. You can fucking grow a pair. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just that way with VR. Like... I, I think they should kind of throw us at it and allow us have full form movement, like in the trailer. But um, are e are any of you like Assassin's Creed fans? Um, there were too many really? of them. Jose? I, I started playing There's them tons. and then eventually I was like, I, I don't know which one's the next one after like oh, three. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I definitely haven't played all of them because some of them like came out on different platforms as well. So, but... I mean, I have played like I think like the first three or the first four. Uh, I think I played yeah. all of those, the and then matters. I dropped out a few, and then I I got back in with the what was the latest one? Um, the latest the one, Black Flag. No, no. that's ages ago. No, no. no. Okay, is... okay. I'm the least qualified here. I've never played one. The, the Viking so. one, and then there was one that was the Odyssey. H Egypt? Odyssey was the Odyssey. Odyssey yeah. is the Odyssey. is the last one that Odyssey I played. Odyssey is so yeah. good. I, yeah, it is. So question for someone who's never played Assassin's Creed. Give me three words. Like what? Why would why would why should someone play Assassin's Creed? Is it open story? World. Is it visuals? Yes. What? Open world, open world is for me the number one thing. Uh, mm -hmm. Historical correctness, I think, is a big one as well. Like it feels like you're part of history. I think yeah. that is really, really cool. <laughs> no, I, mean, I want to say okay. correctness to because I yeah, think Leonardo I mean, da Vinci I mean, was an assassin. Of, of course, of course. <laughs> I mean, the, the way that the maps are constructed, yeah, yeah. the environments, like that, that kind of stuff. Of course, like there's not assassins running around uh, like that. So I think that is a, a big thing. And then um, the third one is the, is the, you know, the combat mechanics and the parkour thing. I think those are the three things, for me at least, that define the genre. It's like, 100%. so it's uh, That's open about 15 world. words. That was good. Ah, I thought three things. Okay. <laughs> That's okay. You're fine. You're world, fine. You're fine. mechanics. Correctness, <laughs> no, history. Yeah. Chris, Chris Richardson in chat uh, already sold me on it, which is exploration. Mm. I, that in games, if you can let me have 
And you, and you, when you said open world as your first intro there, Rowdy, straight away, it's like, okay, then I have to feck and try this game out because I always saw it as like a Tomb Raider, like, okay, you do one level, it then do the next level. Then... Open I, call, I would call it Metal Gear Solid through history. That's, that's, that's really... <laughs> Gear Solid through it really history. is. There, you, you have multiple characters through history, the yeah. assassins versus the Templars, and then they just it build Love stories it. based loosely on narratives and history, like... There's one that you're like during the Civil War and you find out that George Washington was actually a pseudo Templar slash assassin. And you find out that like the Native Americans were assassins and they just love to do things like that. If you find out that Benjamin yeah. Franklin is a, an assassin or yeah. Yeah. everyone's an assassin. Crazy. It's super fun. It's yeah. We got to let Adam have her go if she wants. You yeah. want to? No, I pretty I agree with Rowdy. I, I if we stuck to the first two or three, I would have said story, but then I think they just sort of ditched the original <laughs> yeah. like everything going on, so I wouldn't even that, count that. That, that original one ended for sure. Like, yeah, because you had the entire Ezio kind of thing. That story yeah. is like done. <laughs> All right, so question for you, Assassin's Creed folks. Uh thumb up or thumbs down, having seen the CGI trailer. Are you excited for the next one? Rowdy's a no, Jose's a yes, and Adam? Well, I would say this, position. actually, Middle because down. there's, a, there's okay. a tech demo that I played, and it's a lot better than the trailer so I'll say like this, I guess. I, the, okay. the CG yeah. trailer so, was terrible, but the yeah. screenshots yeah. looked yeah. good, but I'm... Yeah. Combination even with the two, I'm not convinced that they're gonna be able to again, be open worldy enough. I don't think I'll get in trouble like for that. Game. I don't think I can get in trouble the, for saying that, but the the screenshots are newer than the trailer. So okay. uh, yeah, I think. But I, I need I the think, feeling. It, I, you, you need yeah, the feel like, of it still, like the parkour. For, for and me, all like that. what what like I said, like what defines this genre for me is open worlds. I can't tell that from the trailer, nor can I tell that from the from the screenshot. Whether if that is not in the game, that it is an open world, which I I I honestly would find surprising uh, to have that running on a mobile VR headset. Uh, that's already a big big disappointment, Killer. I think, for me. Mm-hmm. Um, that does really make me very excited about the game. And let's be honest, there's been certain Assassin's Creed like spin-off things that have been horrible. There's been a movie, for example. I don't know if you guys know that, but that movie was <laughs> yeah. was a disaster. Oh my god, such a bad movie for such you make a big. I want to watch it now. I, I <laughs> like yeah, yeah, this game film. It. It. It's very bad. Yeah, it's very bad. Uh, uh-huh. Not all games have been equally successful either, and I'm. I mean, I'm I'm hoping that this will not turn into one of those. But seeing this trailer, I mean, the trailer yeah. looked nice, but like, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't so like fake. it when I, he's. Yeah. I gotta say something about this, right? So, I just thinking about this for a couple of weeks now. I think that CGI trailers should follow gameplay trailers yeah. when it comes to VR, because your base of people who are invested in VR want to see what it's like, and the second you see it. It, it's even if it's rough around the edges, the second you see the gameplay and you understand how you're moving through the environment or whatever, you get it and you're either sold on it or you're like, not for me. The, there the is CGI a CGI trailer, template. a smooth one. One second. Go ahead. A, a CGI trailer, right? Or something that's smooth around the edges, looks sexy, gives you more the concept, the feel of the game to kind of sell it to people who maybe don't know VR so much might convert people into, hey, I got to pick up a headset just to play this game because that trailer convinced me. Kind of like a movie sizzler or something would. But I think that order needs to be gameplay first, then trailer. I, I, uh, I, I don't really agree because I think that the, the perfect template for a VR game trailer was done by Half-Life Alex. That gameplay trailer was in-game. 
and they that was gameplay that was yeah. such a good trailer that felt such movie like of course it's a yeah. big company not every company can do that but i would expect right. ubisoft mm-hmm. to be at least on par with you know the so development you're saying rowdy just one just have a one decent yeah because i mean trailer. it takes a lot of time i guess to make such a trailer yeah, as yeah, well yeah. Um, I agree. So I agree. You put money resource into a CGI trailer. I think generally the CGI trailer is kind of dead for VR. So I'll yeah. a- agree with your point there. But some some studios feel the need to do it for some reason. You know, still. Um, it, it just makes me wonder. Like they they probably don't find the game to look good enough in order to make a trailer in it. That's kind of what what I think then, when yeah. I see that. It's yeah. suspicious. I, I really, I was going to say the same thing. It's really disappointing yep. when you see people trying to make games. They go like, oh, what? let's make them think that this is what's going to happen. Or let yeah. like they try to communicate how you're going to feel rather than what you're doing. Um, it's actually definitely a weird disconnect that happens a lot in, in with VR trailers. I prefer weird. I prefer weird trailers. Remember we got that Tarzan trailer? Uh, definitely convinced a bunch of people to buy that game, which they probably shouldn't have. But, you know, I like when they go off the wall. Um, if they can't show us how the gameplay feels, make it fun. Make it fun. Make it interesting. Just do something that isn't necessarily expected if your game doesn't look great or doesn't play particularly well, and then maybe get some sales from it. Anyway, let's keep going. Um, aside from Ubisoft, so there wasn't much there. It was a little bit of a deflated jump after Meta kind of had the hype and whatever. You know, it, it is what it is. We'll see how that, that actually pans out in the end when we see some real, real gameplay. Um, we went to the upload showcase, which was the c- com- complete opposite it was a machine gun of, I don't know how many there were. It felt like 40 yeah. different games that were shown. And um, there were a few that I'll pick out. Uh, by all means, go look at the list and see if there's things that you don't recognize. A um, bunch of names in there that we, we've we heard before. Things that I hadn't heard of before. Uh, Genotype uh, was one. A really interesting looking, kind of funky looking game. Um, I'll have Rowdy kind of throw that. Uh, that trailer up I'll, I'll i'll just talk about these three in sequence and you can throw them up when you get a chance sure. rowdy uh the third the second one was out of hand out of hand looks like a really interesting platformer where you're this funky little alien dude you stand on your on your hands kind of like gorilla tag style right but it's over accentuated movement so you're moving like great distances by jumping uh, that looks like that might be gleeful fun for people who have vr legs and the third one um was contractors showdown which was a battle royale game uh or appears to be a battle royale version of contractors so that could be interesting i thought battle royale was completely dead but obviously they think there's still money in it um and then the the final one of the set so that's genotype out of hand which is the second one i think rowdy's showing out of hand at the moment um and then the third one is so the fourth one is aspire 2 mixed reality which is it looked kind of neat it's another mixed reality game you guys know i'm a big fan of those even if you have a small space, you can connect a couple of rooms together, walk around, and you've got Espire 2 kind of combat happening in your home, in a place that you bring your headset to, in a basement, a garage, something like that. So that was neat to see those uh, those four trailers. That's what stood out to me from that showcase out of about 40 different titles. Uh, what about you two? Anything that you, you two, three, anything you guys want to... <sighs> pull out of the from, upload VR showcase? From memory, a big one and a small one. The big one was, um, my brain is breaking right now, but the Walking Dead studio came out with the, it's like um Asian-inspired game that's, all of the names are slipping oh, my mind. Huge one. Right at the end of the showcase. Yes, um, that, uh, 
with an A. Yes, a, I know. A, I can't remember, like but I'm like, Skydance, Skydance. There we go. I got one name. Skydance coming out with a, a new game that looks freaking amazing. And, and I will say the couple of pass through things, like you mentioned, that are coming out, like Aspire. And then there was one that was a like a little roller coaster uh, mixed reality thing that like I know is not a huge deal, but looks like it'll be super fun. I know that I showed that to yeah, my we, husband. Can we be- covered that on the podcast as well, like yeah. a few, uh, maybe about four or five months ago. Um, that coaster sims really come from alpha to this stage very quickly. And it does look fun. I agree with you. They had a coaster dropping in a toilet or something <laughs> in some part of that trailer i remember well, i showed it, it to weird. my husband because he, he i was like this would be something he would love to and he's like yes it's like having hot wheels as a kid but you get to put it wherever you want so i was like i i picture <laughs> it kind of made me actually want to get um quest three more because i because like the pastor yep. on the quest two was so bad but i was like i can just it's imagine him making a track and being like look put this on look see what i did <laughs> it was so cute we need to get that but that's that that's wonderful that's that's how you know when when it jumps from you to your spouse or (laughs) you know bestie uh, bestie and you're like hey get excited about this thing that's fantastic um the the thing we talked about before was if you could do networked multiplayer with that game that would be awesome like you could send a train across someone else's desk or something like that that would be really you could do some awesome stuff in that space what about you jose did you see Uh, any of that i don't remember where it got announced because like as you said there was a billion announces so it's all a blur but samba de amigo i i've been talking (laughs) oh god we did that last time yeah that's the only one that stood out to me but the the reason i'm talking about is that Meta, we were talking about advertising games, but Meta Japan, they always get the best yep. trailers. I don't know what's going on Absolutely. with Meta in, in Japan. Like, there's a disconnect with the U.S. Like, they need to fix that urgently because on the the, the they released the trailer during the showcase for the Japanese version, and they have Pitbull, and they they had like a really cool Pitbull version, right. and it was probably. And the reason I'm so excited is it showcased exactly what I love about VR, which is the party and the people seeing people hanging out with a VR headset in front of them. And they showcased it in a way. And to be honest with you, I saw the trailer like 30 times, like just back to back to back, just seeing the... 30 times, it's, it's, it's super cool. Like, the, the Meta's advertisement team in Japan is the best. Like, they were showing... Um, I agree with you, though. They're really spot on. For the last two insane. years or so, it's been Whoever fantastic. is the creative lead yeah. over there, and also something that you don't see a lot in Asian uh, marketing, which is multi-diversity. Um, in the trailer, for, and that's the yes. reason I wanted to talk about it, but you actually see uh, Black Asians, Latino Asians. It's a Pitbull song. Yep. So you actually saw diversity in an Asian video, which was very just mind-boggling to see. It's like, wow, VR is really... Fight, bringing us superstars in advertising where we never seen them before. Exactly. So I hope that people find that trailer online on YouTube. Just put like Pitbull, somebody, Amigo VR. It's it's super rad. Yeah, you'll definitely find yeah. it. <laughs> it's a pretty unique one. Um, the other two that jumped out. <clears throat> sorry, I'm losing my voice here a little bit. Um, the other two that jumped out at me were, and I think we talked about it last time, but we didn't see it, was Phasmophobia <laughs> for PSVR oh. 2 <laughs> getting its console launch. And it's coming to an OLED headset. On, it's Jose. like, hell yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> nope. I'm going to yeah, drag you no, in. You'll come. You'll be safe. Think of the technology, well, though. The OLED. Nah, yeah, I like the little the little Geiger thing. It's it's actually, I, I, I if I can get to hold that one, I'll, I'll, I'll jump in. That's because at least I feel more protected because I, I know where not to go. <laughs> at least it tells me. But you got to go in the house for it to work. Yeah. I'll never forget when I had that thing and I was like, Mike, it's right behind you. And like, where, where, well, all of a sudden I saw Mike being lifted in the air and his neck snapped. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, no, I'm... 
<laughs> I don't want to see my his neck, that, his neck snapped in front of me. That will that will send me to the loony bin for a bit. I'm good. <laughs> yeah. Someone asked me if I played Samba de Migo. I didn't. I did have a PlayStation or sorry, Dreamcast, and uh, I might be selling it soon. Actually, I've, I've been carrying it around with me for the last like 20, 25 years. So um, yeah, Dreamcast was a great console. My favorite, but, actually, when I loved it to bits. My favorite. It's very portable. It, like before the GameCube, you know, it was the first like nice little tuck up unit that you could just take to a friend's house. Easy with the mm. disc drive as well. And the, and oh, VMU, the, the, little, uh, the, the ah. VMU, the little chows oh, okay. from yeah. Sonic so, Adventure. Okay. We're yeah, going to we'll be here for another, five hours. Talk about that another time. <laughs> so um, <clears throat> Wanderer is also coming out. It's got a it's got a new kind of rebuild version coming and it looks fantastic. Just to remind you, I think that was my game of the year in 2022. Yes. It was a fantastic game. Um, and I I can only just say go get it when it comes out. If you haven't played Wanderer, I'm I'm telling you right now, it is up there near Half-Life Alex and it, and has another similar feel. Similar like 15 hours of, of campaign. You're jumping around different time zones. It's going to surprise you. Um, it's got really great game mechanics. So that one is one to watch out for. With that, if you're like, but Sam, I don't have a PSVR 2. I don't even have a PS5. Well, guess what? Between the 20th and the 30th of this month, Sony is giving away that combination. That's It's great. It's not, you don't often see this. PS5 plus PSVR 2. You can go and uh, sign in. Their blog gives some details. There'll be more coming out in a couple of days. Um, but if you want a freebie, a shot. And if you win, come tell us. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, and, yeah, very good. Um, and with that, if you don't win, you can still entertain yourself uh, with the Humble Bundle from Upload VR. They sponsored a, a, a bundle. And I've, I've got to apologize here because the second I saw this, I thought, oh, God. Uh, last episode, we went and recommended, thanks to our sponsor, uh, for people to go buy Saints and Sinners and stuff. And now there's a bundle out that costs even less. So, good. so if you were on the fence and you didn't jump in to buy the discounted version of Saints and Sinners, now you can get a couple of Saints and Sinners, the first, the second, and three other games for like less than 20 quid. It's great. So humblebundle.com for that one. Okay, that's our two uh, main topics sorted. Let's jump to the newsreel. Have five little bits, and then we're going to be getting into releases after that. So I know we're at one and a half, which means we've failed our mission. <laughs> but I'm going to get you out of here in 20 minutes. All right, that's we, we got this. I got this now. So these are all short, thankfully. So um, first up, <clears throat> I said Rowdy was really smart. Cyan Worlds is another smart one. The guys behind Firmament, Mist, Riven, those kinds of games. Um, Rowdy, I'm going to ask you to load and read this one out. There's an apology from Cyan Worlds, which I thought was interesting. It would spark up a little quick discussion for us on the use of AI of these learning models as well in games. Okay, away, I'm going gonna, gonna to first make this a little bit bigger because it's a long ass ladder here. Okay, regarding AI-assisted content. You don't have to do the whole thing. All like, right, um, just, just the body of it. So maybe, maybe this AI-assisted does not mean wholly AI-generated. Unfortunately, there have been articles published recently which have implied, especially in the headlines, that CN generated much of its firmament using AI tools. You need to read this as just ChatGPT and a copy paste. No, I'm joking. This is categorically <laughs> false and misleading, and we are disappointed and frustrated to see this happening. Why well, they're angry? I think they're. Yeah. 
Some folks may be concerned about our uses of usage of AI. So in the interest of clarification, the voice performances and firmament were voiced 100% of the time by a talented member of our development team who elected not to be credited by name. Their voice was simply modulated for the final product with one of the tools and with their full permission and control. The same member of the development team has elected not to be credited in prior games of ours as well for privacy concerns and not anything to do with tools usage in our games. Cool. That's enough. I mean, so like the, the, the point here is, right, we're starting to see some players get upset that devs are using these tools to kind of, I'll call it, aid in the build of their games. And... Um, what do you guys think about that? It's it's not only games, right? It's across industry. There's already full YouTube channels that are, you know, they're, they're, there's this, uh, you know, this one guy who does like, you know, just a voice and it just modulates it and turns it into like 17 different YouTube channels. Like, that's like, you know, that's happening now already. There's only fans with like, you know, just AI generated pictures. Uh, you know, this mm. kind of stuff is, uh, is across too, all kind of industries that are aimed at content generation from video to photos to games to you're going to see this like just you know implode over the next coming years for sure and that's why for for anyone who's not kind of plugged into it i i can understand they they would look at it and they'd say hey you're cheating um and thankfully honestly because of rowdy your your work at helping bring us all through the education of what's coming I have a very different viewpoint now. I think from from my seat, I'm looking at this and going, they're using the tools of the future. They're getting used to it. And they're going to be there at the race when this race really gets going. Mm -hmm. um, and if you don't start now, you're going to be behind the pack. And and, and it's, it is going to impact people for sure. And there's no doubt about that. Because now yeah. as well, like, you know, instead of using 20 voice actors for 20 different characters, they can now use one voice actor and then, you know, use an AI tool to make it sound like 20 different people. So that kind of stuff is definitely going to be impacting voice actors and is going to be impacting game developers because the speed at which you can de develop something is, is going to significantly increase, which means that more times opens up for exactly. doing different things. So companies need to do this in order to, you know, play ball. But at the same time, people are going to be kind of left out in, in these kind of tools where normally jobs would be created. I think, I think yeah. I, I, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. I'll, I think that it's going to become so saturated, just the use of AI, that only the, you know, the highest quality cream will get to the top. So, and then voice actors, you know, have to start wising up and maybe paying a higher package for use in like, okay, you can use my voice in... Yeah. these various ways for AI without me having to record all the individual lines, whatever you can use the likeness of it for this particular project. So I think it's just going to, you know, things are just going to change. Not um, AI is going to continue, but the way that yeah. we're going to, the way voice yeah. actors are going to package themselves the, and the exactly. way that like you, you're going to see a lot of crap, um, but the best ones that have the higher quality voice actors mm -hmm. with the higher yep. quality uh, AI, uh, whatever quality assurance is going to become there. very important. I that's exactly what I was going to say. But if you're a voice actor that is very affront against AI tools and refuses to use them right now or start using them, then you're going to be left behind. Yep. 100%. And I've, I've said this before as well. It's the same for doctors and lawyers and bookkeepers. Yep. 
now is the time to start learning these AI tools, because if you don't, you will not be replaced by AI itself, but you'll be replaced by people who know mm -hmm. how to use these kind of AI tools. Ninjas. The cream to the top analogy was really good. I'm, I'm going to keep pushing just because of time, guys. Yeah. Um, so thanks. I just wanted to, 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 to mention that. I'm not trying to put Cyan in the spotlight as in, hey, you did bad. I'm trying to put them in the spotlight to say, I think they did a very mature thing to come out. Just be open about it. And I love to see that they've, they're for running in that. It was really interesting because there were pages of books that I'd read in Firmament, for example, that have been generated. And could I tell the difference? No, not really. If I went back and looked at it, maybe oh, I could yeah. pick something up. That's but the thing you shouldn't no, be able to. That's going to differentiate the no. quality. If you can tell mm. something's made with AI, it's not good quality. And it needs to Oof. be so good that yeah. you can't tell, yes. I think, in my opinion. Yes, yep. 100%. The winner is still going to be a quality title that you know someone's invested time into. Um, very good. Okay, so the next thing I wanted to say is just a, it's about a little meta-related link and a couple of news bites for them. So we saw a little uh, a little image floating around that, that that shows that there is a potential MetaQuest subscription coming uh, for I think it was seven ninety nine a month. You get access to two titles, so something similar to what like Xbox and PlayStation have, but again in, in a VR industry. Um, be interesting to see if this comes about. Just wanted to kind of newsflash that, that that's a potential coming our way so you can think about it. The other thing is they reduce the, they're going to reduce the, um, the age limit no. from 13 year old to 10 year old. <laughs> <laughs> Some people are like, oh God, those kids are already using yeah. it. This, yeah, just, no. this just changes. The, the thing that I like about it is that they're, it's a, it's a combination of legal, uh, need for revenue, headsets, as in the design, the engineering, optics, all of that kind of merging together. And again, we've talked about it. We've, to some extent, predicted it so far on this cast. Where do they need to go for money? They need to convert more kids, honestly. Um, now, does that mean that it, the problem of squeakers will grow and more adults are going to get pissed off playing with kids? Maybe in the short term. I feel like there's going to be some tiering method that helps keep those groups apart but again that's probably the operating system level rather than individual experiences the other thing that they're bringing is whatsapp for vr so whatsapp for uh vr being a messaging platform they've already got facebook messenger in there uh but whatsapp coming in that's one that i use more often and so it'd be good to have in the headset so my wife can ping me and be like Bing, dinner's ready come upstairs honey you know that type of thing uh, so that stuff is is coming our way. Now, uh, I alluded to this at the start when we were entering to the podcast. Last week, we had, uh, or last two weeks ago, uh, we had a little chat about the race to the bottom, if you remember. That was a tweet or a comment from Brendan Irie. Uh, we were going back and forth. Who said it? Who? Which one was it? And when I went to look and see, okay, who, who really said that race to the bottom? I ran across a very interesting little find, <laughs> which I have demonstrated in a tweet, which Rowdy will show you. It wasn't a race to the bottom that he was worried about. It was a race around a bloody racetrack. Brendan, one of the three main leads behind Oculus, stepped out, came off of social media, disappeared, and went GT racing. He's a formal GT race driver for the last three years. I was gobsmacked seeing this, obviously being a sim racer, and it felt like one of my heroes went off and became a superhero. So good on you, Brendan. Uh, for doing this. It's really awesome to see his face everywhere. I was doing forensic analysis between photographs going, is it really him? Um, <laughs> AI. It seems like it is, but it seemed like a big story. And so I just thought I'd, I'd mention that here. So, uh, 
to the bottom anytime I hear it from now on, I'm going to imagine Brendan in a race suit zipping around Laguna Seca or somewhere like that. So uh, good on you. I'm glad to see he's 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 gone. He's gone the way almost Carmack went. You know, Carmack came from uh, creating jet engines and <laughs> cars that would go quick in the desert uh, over to VR. And Brendan's done the, the reverse now. Um, with that, a little bit of news. Um, a For those who are listening to the podcast today and today only, this is for you. Uh, this is the last day for Steam to sell SoundSelf, a Technodelic. Now, I worry a little bit for what you'll think when you see the stream recording from a few years ago uh, where I decided to lie down and, and do this on stream. But I have to say, if you're looking for a meditative app, Sound self is like nothing else. Um, it is the only meditative experience that I've had, which got me feeling substantially better by the end of it, at the end of my 20 or 30 minutes in there. Um, it's really weird. You start off lying on your back. Your body then floats up past a tree into the cosmos. And what is happening is as you're breathing, the game is sampling your breath and it asks you to basically moan like pr pronounce a tone, like a, I won't, I won't do it now. It sounds I need an example. I don't get it actually. Please do, do it for the audio listeners. Give them something. It's like a, it's like, a uh, like that, like an out breath almost for your pregnant women. Oh my and, God, your poor wife. And it, and it, and it mixes it and it pipes it back into your ears delayed. And so it does something almost like a vibration type effect. <laughs> your body goes to gelatin. It's a really weird experience. It's very... Would you stop putting me so big, Randy Fixing? You look so relaxed. But I would just say for $20, right? You'll still be able to play it if you buy it today. If you're into, into that kind of thing, I know it's really out there. <laughs> but Sound Self is awesome. Uh, really, really awesome. If you like things like the ayahuasca experience in VR, any of that type of stuff that's really kind of trippy, the visuals aren't fantastic, but the experience is better than anything else out there. <laughs> Uh, that I've had. So hopefully that just gets uh, them a couple more sales before they close up shop. Um, they're planning to refocus their efforts, not on the gaming market. Obviously they've uh, decided to kind of sharpen their blade. And I, I really hope I wish them well um, going forward. It was an amazing experience in that app. And I look forward to see what they have next. Might not be a game, but hope they can transform and help some people out because I really do believe that VR can help. Um, with that, finally, out of our system. Thank you, Rowdy. Um, <laughs> we talked about user interfaces with the Apple headset. Well, why don't we talk about, you know, natural human interactions that feel comfortable, like pulling out your fingernails to type a message to your mother, right? There's a new AR design or VR design where you have digital fingernails and each one of them, you have a tab and you're able to pull it out almost like a string from a keyboard with a number of characters on them. And you select which character it appears on your nail and then you let go. And you do this one after one until you've typed a message. It is a, it is a mechanism to have a keyboard in your VR or AR space with no keyboard and no funky pushing keys in. Now, do I think this looks great? No, it looks fucking bonkers. <laughs> uh, I don't think I would want to be using it. It'd be the slowest way to type ever. So but it looks bloody uncomfortable. So you're pulling your nail and <laughs> there's a one. keyboard like 
coming out of your nail. Okay, yeah. that's on. So you're just going to be like doing like Naruto hand signs, and <laughs> like or gang signs to people in VR. It's more like a <laughs> like you know the old roller phones. Gonna... Yes, that's what I was thinking. Why are we trying to re? I think there's a better way of reinventing that than this. Yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> like... Yeah. I... Speak to it. Speak to the device to enter your prompts. But if you're in an area that you can't, you're in a quiet library with your Vision Pro headset on. Better, Maybe this is a way I've got to a better user interface. I think you should wear a virtual trench coat and you should grab each letter from inside the jacket and then that's how you type it out. So you care about an A, a B, and that's how I would love to see fun. the equivalent of that in real life of someone just like, you have to wear a real trench coat when you do it. So you're just doing this. <laughs> Someone's watching you letters. like, what the hell's happening? <laughs> I'm telling you, Jose, you've got a you've got a, a movie career ahead of you. Get on YouTube, man. Make some make some of these videos. They're gonna they're gonna do well. Uh, but it's 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 time to shine the spotlight on developers, and Jose is gonna share his picks of the litter. Maybe he'll adopt, or maybe he'll he'd rather drown some puppies. So uh, watch watch and listen closely. Jose, over to All you, right. buddy. Well, there has we just discussed like a thousand releases, so I only going to re- just mention three that stood out to me this week. The first one uh, is C Smash VRS. Uh, C Smash, the classic game, well known by Sega. Um, it is essentially like paddle or racket in a virtual space. The reason I wanted to talk about this is Sega is the one publishing it. We, I mean, I mentioned somebody amigo earlier and how excited I am about <laughs> it. But Sega is actually making a really big push in VR, and that's kind of. The reason I wanted to highlight that is that they're going after the their addictive classics and trying to recreate them in a virtual space. So that one is out on the 23rd of this month. Uh, I believe it's going to be 26.99 US, 21.99, uh, sorry, 21.99 pounds. And yeah, that's out on PSVR 2 only. Funny enough, uh, I thought that was already yeah, out. Already, I out. thought that one was out a while, but yeah, it looks, it, um, I don't. I don't know if it's an update, maybe. I don't know. I know they maybe. I mean, they had a demo, I think, for it. Um, but I don't know. I haven't played it yet. Yeah. So it looks it looks kind of neat. It reminds me of the, there was another game called Spark a while back on the original PlayStation, which was which was really great. So, I, uh, I thought about Chad Spark and Res since you mentioned Spark for the PS One. Remember? Oh, yeah, it, I was thinking about both games and Bit Ribbon. I don't know if you ever heard of Bit Ribbon. I was thinking Bit Ribbon's okay. Bit Ribbon's original classic PS One game, but yeah, it reminded me of those three games in one in a virtual space. Um, so yeah, that's out on PSVR 2 on the 23rd. And next one I have is a personal gem for me because I've, in the last few months, I've become addicted to F1 and I, it's, something, it's become a hobby for me in following it. Um, F1 23, um, PC VR uh, release. Um, it should be available soon in console. I don't know if yet, uh, June 16th. Um, that's about $70 US, 89 pounds. Um, if you're big into F1, if you like racing, I know you do a lot about that, uh, Azim. Um, yes. I yep. actually don't dabble a lot with racing games. So F1 is actually one that I'm actually following to get into. Uh, maybe make my make finally get into uh, sim racing. And the last one I have that I really want to talk about is the big Pavlov update. Uh, I know, Zim, you, oh. you wanted to talk a little bit about this. So update 29, um, it's going to have the psvr 2 is, is it a release on psvr 2 also or has it already released so ps yeah it's out it's okay. out but they're changing something this is just a major yeah. overhaul we had this about a year or two ago maybe three years now when pavlov decided to bring you know 
World War II and a bunch of other stuff, but they're overhauling their engine. Uh, I think they're going to UE5 yep. or something now. It's like the whole thing is changing. So this is not like a small update. It's new guns, new levels, new like modes Jeez. being updated. I can't wait to try it again. But the amount the amount of effort that they put in, I would say supersedes even um, like, you know, Hello Games uh, for No Man's Sky. Like when they come out with an update, man, you fucking pay attention because it's, it's like transformed the whole game. Uh, yeah, and also their, so, their mechanic, yeah, communication mechanics. I did see that that they're they're adding the the hand tracking gestures on the PSVR two controllers, yep. which is going to pretty much not just create crossplay but also communication amongst the the platforms, which is really cool. I can't wait to see people creating their own you know hand sign communication in the game and seeing it happening. I can't wait to see people finger get flipping each other the bird. <laughs> and it's really <laughs> cool that they immediately showed the bird as one of their hand yeah. gestures. Yeah. But yeah, that's update Not 29. Um, I don't think we have... Yep. Uh, it's going to be 24.99 US. I don't know if this is just going to be the base game or the update's going to cost on top of that. Um, 19 pounds. But yeah, that's... Uh, I believe update 29 should be releasing this week. I don't think they kind of set right. a set date. But uh, yeah, that's the the three games I wanted. To- it's been enough days that I don't remember. <laughs> I, I think F F F one, if I'm not mistaken, F one twenty twenty three is also out for a month or two because um my good friend Buck did a video on on how to make it work properly with VR. Unless we're talking about the previous year edition of that, it's meant to be blistering yeah, fast. Yeah, so it's a, it's a um, new and update. very good. So if you're into formula yeah. racing, and yeah. I did see that it's native PC VR, which that's that's I believe the version before this was a tacked on. Kind of like Vorpax kind of does for VR, where this one is an actual okay. UE5 OpenXR engine, and, and they actually they, they say it on the on the on the actual uh, and I think Pavlov also mentioned funny enough that and we're seeing a lot of people that are upgrading their games into UE5. We're starting to see the OpenXR uh, standardization, oh. so we're gonna see these games kind of like be everywhere that has a headset, which is cool. That's crazy because UE5 looks stellar. Um, there's a game called Ride 3 or Ride 4, which is a super like a motorbike thing. And there was a, there was one of these guys on YouTube, like Rowdy San, where they're showing, um, they're just spitting videos out. Someone had done one of like crashes in this game. And my dad, who's an ex-motorcyclist, sent me this video. And he's like, look at this crazy crash. I'm like, dad, that's a game. <laughs> he's like, it's not a game. I'm like, yeah, that's a game, dad. And he's like, no, that's just a body cam. And I'm like, no, look, you see how this guy's flying over his handlebars and there were no deaths in the paper? Yeah, that's not real. <laughs> um, but it was a really funny moment that they were there with games. And Jose, it just gets me super excited for what an Unreal Engine can bring us with the Nanite and all. And all. So many good and juicy bits to, that's coming our way. So thank you for running on that. I appreciate Always. that. And uh, with that, let's uh, go ahead and talk about... Uh, various bits and pieces to get us out of here um this podcast is live every saturday on youtube and twitch i'm gonna apologize to chat i asked you guys for intro stuff and then i didn't go back to talk about it we've been running a gauntlet today trying to not do another three-hour show um this show starts at 10 a.m pacific 1 p.m eastern and 6 p.m in the uk audio podcast wise the show lands on soundcloud spotify and pop quiz which other platform is this for us or chat kick <laughs> kick. oh kick oh yeah that whole thing oh my 100 million dollars or whatever I was gonna yeah. say iTunes is the third one of course 10 bonus points if you're listening on iTunes right now if you enjoy the podcast take a moment to reflect find your zen state and then lightly gently 
delicately place your mouse cursor over that little thumbs up icon and give it a feather light click if you'd ever be so kind. There's a huge back catalog of F Reality episodes to choose from as well, so that's your homework for the week. Go pick one out at random, given that today's show is so short. Find one that's fun. Go try it out. Let us know in the comments what you landed on and what part of history you got to enjoy. Uh, with that, lads and ladies, anything in the chat that you want to call out before we wrap this up with a little bit of Scotland? A little bit of Scotland? Now I'm excited. Yeah, well, what does that mean? <laughs> Have you ever had Iron yes. Brew? Any of you? No. No. You have a Okay, Jose, great. Um, <laughs> it's more popular than Coke in Ireland. Uh, sorry, in, in Scotland, um, which, which which surprised me, but then I had it. So I'll describe Coke it, and then the Jose drink. can tell Let's me if I'm sure the money we, or not. We, we, we... Coke the drink, Coke the drink, yeah. <laughs> Let's make sure that we clarify that before. I love that you, uh, as, as, as our local drug dealer with the trench coat, I'm glad that you had to clarify that. That was great fit very well in tying this podcast right up at the end so if you've ever wanted to passionately french kiss an old iron pipe through the refined medium of carbonated water oh yeah well hey there there you go that's iron brew uh, maybe a future sponsor of ours i don't know after that bit, but <laughs> how did it taste for you that's uh, jose that's eerily your... accurate like, i don't i don't know iron <laughs> brew like yeah I, it's not exactly the exactly <laughs> It's a weird metallic yeah. kind of flavor to it. Like you come from something like it's like it's mineral like a water. Sprite. It's it's an odd yeah. beverage. If you ever get a chance, grab some Iron Brew and all that. And uh, provided aliens don't phase into our dimension, that's something I didn't touch on from this week, and take over the gaff, um, and that global leaders don't start up a nuclear holocaust, we'll all see you on the next F Reality Podcast. <laughs>